0: Hello everyone, on today's episode of Becoming a PA, Physician Assistant, I'm going to take you guys with me on an insight look at what it's like during your behavioral medicine, aka psych rotation. For me specifically, I've been on an outpatient psychiatric clinic which I've actually really enjoyed. I'm in my last week right now. I'm getting ready to take my EOR on Friday at the end of this week. So tune in to see how that's going along with updates on what my next rotation is and everything else you need to know about being a PA student, specifically in clinical year now. Tune in. Alrighty guys, so as I mentioned just a second ago, I'm currently on my psych rotation. If you know me, if you follow me on Instagram at PA underscore Liera, that's PA underscore L-E-I-R-A, you know that I have been doing my outpatient clinic psych rotation at a place here in San Antonio for the past three weeks, it's a three and a half week rotation. And then we take our EOR at the end of the final week. So a total of four weeks I've been, thankfully psych is a rotation that you have a little bit more time usually to study for your EOR. So I feel more comfortable about it than I did when I was preparing for surgery. But, of course, I was switched from general surgery to psych. so thankfully, a little more eased into it. I know my last rotation, as you may recall, was research, and that was done at home. It was a faculty-made EOR. This time, I'll be taking the PAEA EOR, so 120 questions instead of my last one, which was 50, I believe. So a little bit different more intimidating, but I feel more confident. I've been preparing, studying the information, utilizing tools. What I use right now, I do smarty pants, brush review questions. I looked at the study guide by a PA called Life With Me, PA Brie. so you can look her up. And then I even watched some YouTube videos from a PA called Estefania, I believe. Uh, I could be wrong. I'll, I'll write it in the show notes after I look it up. Her stuff has been pretty helpful too. So those are all some tools I would recommend, study tools, when you're studying for your EORs. We'll see how I do, of course, but I feel fairly confident about my ability to pass this exam, at least. And in regards to my actual rotation, it's a pretty nice schedule. My preceptor only works four days out of the week, so that means I only have to go in four days out of the week as well so i'm there in the clinic tuesday through friday our first patient is at eight our last patient is at five they're 30 minute slots plus an hour for lunch sometimes we do go over into our lunch break sometimes not it just depends on the day and the patients that we're seeing so we see a total of 16 patients a day and it's 99 i would say 99 telehealth so majority are phone calls via teams and a minority are actual video chats so it is nice that I don't have to you know be exposed to COVID or worry about in-person logistics everything's except for one the patients that we have to see in person if it's something like an aims test so that's a test to look for involuntary movements as a potential side effect of some medications like dopamine antagonist, um, you know, that you might see with typical or atypical antipsychotics, stuff like that. Those are better done on video, but of course the best being in person, so you can perform them easily, easier and notice any potential findings more easily as well. Now, the location that I'm at is pretty cool too, because they offer advanced therapeutics, like ECT, TMS, even a ketamine nasal spray. It's S-ketamine, otherwise known as Spravato. I had never heard of such a thing. I knew ketamine had been more heavily researched as its effects for psychiatric conditions, but I didn't know there was actually an FDA approved nasal spray already in use. So it's pretty cool. I get to see those patients who come in person Uh, There's a nurse who takes care of all of them and then the provider the PA that I'm with my preceptor is there in case anyone has, has an adverse reaction or anything at all comes up and They each have their own little room. It's like a relaxing room They check their blood pressure before and after because it can increase your blood pressure They make the patient stay. I think it's like two or three hours after the treatment because you can have dissociative (laughs) It's dissociative hallucinations stuff like that it's just you never know how someone's gonna react and they're not allowed to drive themselves home or drive for the rest of the day just as a precautionary measure but it's really really helpful for treatment resistant depression so that being depression that has failed I believe it's at least three or four different classes of antidepressants or different types of antidepressants and all Don't quote me on that, but it's really exciting to see breakthroughs in the therapeutics and technologies that are out there to help patients suffering from things like depression and just giving them hope and giving them more more things to utilize as they try to, you know, get better mental health. And I'm genuinely enjoying this rotation, if you know me you know that psych is something that I'm very interested in so I was more than happy (laughs) to switch to psych especially from surgery that's one that I'm definitely not very interested in at least not right now so I'm happy to say that I'm still very much so interested in psych after this rotation as well and I've done other things such as filling out forms to test for like capacity and cognitive abilities and elderly patients just kind of screen for dementia or memory loss and especially if a patient wants to make changes to their will stuff like that this comes in handy the forms that we have which are also very helpful to learn how to get more familiar with those and of course I've learned a ton about all the different psychotropic medications the different classes like SSRIs versus SNRIs versus TCAs, versus MAOIs, seeing a ton of different sleep medications, mood stabilizers, you name it. We have a patient who's on them. (laughs) And it's just, in addition to my studying, as well as in the clinic, being able to see the different side effects that could occur and different dosaging and how to maximize the therapeutic dose or add an adjunct medication, stuff like that. Just different examples of when one might be be more indicated than another, or contraindicated, things like that. I've definitely developed more confidence going into this than I had before, because, of course, with my program, we only had one class in behavioral medicine, and I've never worked in psychiatry or behavioral medicine, never shadowed anything like that. I only know from personal experiences with family members or friends who have psychiatric conditions but i definitely felt like my knowledge base was minimal especially with the psychiatric medications and now i definitely feel more confident at least in that realm so very thankful for that i also have gotten more confident in utilizing the dsm-5 criteria for diagnosing different psychiatric conditions definitely i would say the most commonly seen that most commonly seen diagnosis that we have would be major depressive disorder so very f- more familiar with the DSM criteria for that how what to ask patients about their appetite changes changes in sleep if they notice any weight changes how often are they having lower depressed moods do they feel suicidal or thoughts of suicide if they do do they have a plan or any intent to act on this plan uh, do they have a history of self-harm? You know, how long has this been going on? Are there any contributing factors? Have they noticed that they are uh, slower in their movements or their speech that others have noticed? And loss of interest in activities that used to bring them joy or pleasure, stuff like that. A good mnemonic would be Siggy caps. That's one I definitely utilize. So I would encourage you all to look up different mnemonics when it comes to utilizing the dsm-5 after major depression i would say the second most common that we see is generalized anxiety disorder aka gad Uh, one so i've gotten more familiar with that as well with just the type of medications that are anxiolytics i know a lot of people use benzodiazepines but of course those are very easily be able to build up tolerance dependence addiction so we try not our best to not prescribe those but a lot of patients come in already prescribed on some of those like Xanax for one is definitely the hardest to get people cut down on and you have to taper off slowly to prevent any adverse effects but of course definitely getting more familiar with all of that and with the screening like asking if they've been restless or muscle tension how often they're feeling anxious how long has it been going on things like that do they have panic attacks going through the symptoms of a panic attack after that I would say that insomnia would be another big one we see a lot people on a lot of things like trazodone would be a big one or hydroxyzine then moving on to PTSD, we're all familiar with that, I think, to some extent, but definitely have gotten more familiar with diagnosing it and with medications like prososin. It's a medication often given for nightmares associated with PTSD. We have a decent amount of patients with bipolar one and bipolar two, so I feel more confident now being able to differentiate between the two. Whereas before this experience. I did not. (laughs) And then we even have a few patients with schizophrenia or even schizoaffective. So we are part of the medical management department. We do not do therapy, although some patients tend to treat their sessions like therapy. (laughs) We are not licensed to do that, but of course we listen to their problems. But our main motive is to see how their medications are working or see which medications we want to start them on, if they're having any side effects, if they need to change their medication, change the dose, the frequency, stuff like that. So that's our main job in this department. And it's really cool because my preceptor is actually a recent grad of my actual PA program. She was part of the 2019 cohort. And she's only a year older than me, so we have a ton in common. I feel really, really comfortable working with her, and she has just been extremely welcoming. She's so smart and so good for being so young and a semi-new grad, but couldn't have asked for a better first preceptor, in my opinion. She's amazing. So. I know not all preceptors will be like this, but definitely has set the tone (laughs) and I wish that I could continue working with her. And maybe I will again, because I know psych, like I said, I'm very interested and I think one of my electives for sure will be another psych rotation. If not here, then at another location in my city. Now, a lot of actually a decent amount of our graduates work for the same company, so it's pretty nice to see that there are jobs available for graduates of our program. As new graduates, I know that that's always an issue of like, oh, can I get a job as a new grad without, you know, quote unquote, experience outside of clinical rotations? So it's nice to see that that is possible and getting ready for my next rotation. That one being good old orthopedic surgery, (laughs) they were going to switch me well essentially i was supposed to be in internal medicine a semi-rural rotation with a lot of traveling there driving about an hour's worth each day to get to the clinic in a city on the outskirts of our city uh thankfully that has been changed though to orthopedic surgery and then they were going to change it to neonatal cardiothoracic surgery super niche i was just happy either way to not be in general surgery i'll be honest because especially at the university hospital where we have our rotation that is an extremely demanding and grueling schedule you work five days a week 12 to 15 hours plus a half day on the weekend so it's minimal time to study minimal time to sleep have a life, you know, take care of a child if you're like me, single parent, not ideal. So I'm very thankful that for whatever reason I was changed. So of course they changed me. And then back to orthopedic surgery. I've already reached out to the physician I'll be working with as well as another student who has rotated at this location with the physician as well just to kind of get some insight and to optimize my time there and to you know, just prepare for success the best way that I can, especially because orthopedics and surgery are two of my most uncomfortable, not because I'm skim, what is the term, skimmish or squirmish. I don't have a problem with surgery itself. I've scrubbed in before when I shadowed with a podiatrist back in the day for a bunionectomy, and I thought that was amazing, but I'm just very self-conscious when it comes to procedural things and I know orthopedics is very procedure based and then of course sterile field and everything is a little difficult for me uh, to conceptualize sometimes so being in surgery is very intimidating to me I don't want to break sterile field or mess anything up and I just really want to basically I just have a high standards for myself and I don't have the confidence there yet but I also I don't want to let my preceptor down so I want to do whatever I can to be as helpful as possible to him and to the he has a PA in his clinic as well he has his own practice so I definitely want to make a good name for PAs and our our program and for myself and just to make everyone's life easier so I'm going to practice up on suturing beforehand and looking at orthopedic orthopedic tests and things like that that I can looking at my notes, looking at resources online at least the weekend before so that would be this weekend to just do whatever I can to improve upon my knowledge because anatomy is not my strong suit either and I remember not as much as I would like to have remembered from our anatomy class uh, that was over a year ago now. So I'm gonna do my best, hope for the best, try my best, let them know that, hey, I may not be the top person in my class when it comes to orthopedics, anatomy, or surgery, but I'm going to work my butt off, try my best, maintain a positive attitude, and say yes to whatever they want me to do, Even if I'm scared, I'm going to let them know, hey, if you don't mind walking me through the first time, just making sure I'm not doing anything too crazy that would, you know, risk the patient's safety or anything like that, and then go from there. And I think that the good thing about procedural work is the more you do it, the easier it gets. It almost becomes like muscle memory. You know, essentially, you can train a monkey to do (laughs) some of these, uh, these procedures. It's not cognitively difficult, it's more so having that confidence, not being afraid, and just getting in your numbers and practice, practice, practice until it's as close to perfect as you can be. So that's my game plan, that's my plan of action. So check me out on Instagram if you wanna see how orthopedic surgery goes for me. And I will definitely keep you up to date as well at the end of that rotation. And in regards to that EOR, thankfully I've already studied for that one when I thought that I was gonna be going there for my second rotation and instead got switched to psych. So I have a little bit of baseline knowledge, at least book-wise, but more so the rotation is ortho, but the exam is general surgery based mainly. So I'm not sure how well that all equates, but I'm excited to learn more because like I said, my ortho knowledge is minimal So I can only learn and only improve from here. (laughs) Always keeping a positive mindset, despite being out of my comfort zone. I know that when you go out of your comfort zone, that is when you experience growth. So I'm ready to grow, to learn, and who knows, maybe I will actually enjoy it and wanna go that route one day. Probably not because (laughs) surgery schedule is not ideal for a single parent, but hey, you never know. Now, I hope everything has been going well with you all and whatever you are on your PA school journey, if you're in interview still, an interview season, or if you're going to be applying next cycle, or if you just started PA school in your didactic year, or if you're like me and making your way through clinical year one day at a time, I wish you the best of luck if you wouldn't mind leaving a five-star review on wherever you listen to your podcast, specifically apple podcasts it would mean the world to me it takes about maybe a minute maybe less if you're super proficient to just leave tap the five star button or if you want to add any specific feedback to let me know what you enjoy what why you're tuning in and i will always share that on social media and i will love you forever so don't forget to leave five-star review as well as to get your discounts for money off on Pygmonic, MedbyLive, Live, Gear, My PA box, and the PA platform, all using the code PA underscore Liera. That's P-A- underscore L-E-I-R-A, which also happens to be my Instagram handle. So go ahead and check me out on Instagram, follow along if you're not already. And I always do my best to get back to anyone who reaches out on Instagram, who is looking to connect or needing assistance with anything. I will try my best to assist you. All right, guys. Wish me luck on my EOR this at the end of this week. And I will keep you updated on the rest of my journey as clinical year continues. Rotation three, starting next week, orthopedic surgery, wrapping up with outpatient psych we've got this until next time goodbye bye friends